Hi guys, welcome to Soberish. This is Jessa. I have coronavirus, maybe. Just kidding, it's probably the flu. Whatever. I feel like shit. And I've spent the last 24 hours trying to get this goddamn podcast uploaded, but the file is too big. So I have to split it into two different files, which I did with the Lacey episode, but something happened with the Lacey episode where you guys didn't get notified of both of them. And so this is me letting you know that you are now listening to the first part of a two-part episode. The second part will get uploaded pretty quickly afterwards, but your podcast app might not let you know that. So there'll be a quick cut at the end and then just go to the next episode. And I'm going to go find a fucking hosting spot where I don't have to live under these oppressive conditions telling me how long my fucking podcast could be. I cut out a bunch of good shit to try to fit it in, so sorry. Enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to Soberish, the hope you can hear the sound of my voice over Mark opening up Candy Podcast. I was going to wait until after he was done, but he's never stopping. So uh, we are here with Ramin I'm here too. It's a threesome. (laughs) Yeah. I totally forgot that we were doing my own podcast until a minute ago. Where That's you were so like, funny. Oh, this is an episode of Soberish. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to do an episode. Oh, shit. This is the episode of Soberish. I'll take over at any point, And then you can retake over. I am so excited to be here with two dudes. I said this to Charlie. I don't know why I can't stop fucking with this. Um, I just did a Patreon episode with Charlie. And I was trying to compliment him. I'm saying Charlie like you guys know who that is. But uh, you'll know. Chaplin? He is at DJ Rat Lady on Instagram, and uh, he's one of my friends, and he's very funny and fun to talk about this shit with, but he does the same thing that all you men do, where you are like encyclopedias of information from philosophers and scientists and stuff. You have all these like facts when me and the ladies, you know, water baby and, and Lacey and shit, it's all just intuitive. Yeah. And sorry for the massive gender stereotypes. No, we're not here, tapped into it. You're tapped into the universe I'm, and we're like running around with our dicks trying to like find which direction to <laughs> yeah. point it in. I'm only speaking to the eight people I've had as guests on Soberish <laughs> and not to generalizing the entire population, but on the uh on the show so far it's whenever you guys get on here you guys go real hard on facts names dates quotes who said it did terrence say it did alan watts say it did com pamble say it did eckhart tolle say it how do you say eckhart tolle's name i know it's tolle (laughs) (laughs) now we know why does he speak so softly oh because he's getting paid by the hour oh (laughs) That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm ready to get inundated with facts here. Cool. Or, yeah. Um, infra- it's also so fun because I'm just winging it half the time or like shit that I've come up with in a dream or a download or whatever. And whenever people are like, have you heard of blah, blah, blah? 
and I never have. And then it's all this fascinating information that just confirms my own insanity. So I love it. Yeah, you don't even read the books that you reference for, you've like referenced reality transurfing for a longer duration (laughs) than the time you spent taking it in. And you're like, I got this. I just like, yeah, fill in the rest of it. Yeah, it was after I guessed it on like, I think the third podcast um, where I was asked to come on a podcast to talk about reality transurfing like I was some type of expert that I had to be like, yeah, I feel like I should probably point out that I've only read the Medium article, which was very, <laughs> it was very conclusive. It was, it included a lot of information. They packed a lot in there, but I haven't actually read the book. And now I it's a I cult, it. right? It's a cult with some just, lady that took over it or something. It was a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, know much about it. Culting or culting or multi uh multi this is the only cult i'm in i think yeah yeah the soberish cult and i'm barely even in that one like i haven't been to the gathering but i'm like i'm i'm with it though i'm on board with the message i believe in it (laughs) i'll cancel plans to do it soberish yeah until i don't uh i am starting a nonprofit. imagination project is going to be like an official nonprofit. and then as i started unpacking stuff today that i want to get done in the next couple of years <clears throat> i don't know i'm trying to make it as much like an us thing as possible to like help um as opposed to it just being centered around you. Yeah, and, like yeah. everybody bring their thing yeah. to the table, you know. And that's, that's I think, where the cult thing comes in is you have like one crazy leader who you can't question or yeah. whatever. I, I think, I don't, that's my theory of what starts. And they're, they're fucking cults. everybody at the top and they want your money. Yeah, they want your money and they want to also marry your wife seems to be like a big yeah. one, which Did- like... Did we ever joke about this or was this just in my head where someone should start a cult where it's like, okay, I want to fuck all your wives and take all your money and not give you any benefit. And then when people (laughs) join in, it's like, oh, no, no, that was just to get you through the door. I actually don't do any of that stuff. But it's like, you know, the opposite of the opposite of the real one. The real one is I'm your friend. We're going to ascend. And then this one, like, we're not going to ascend. And then, haha, gotcha. We're ascending you now. Did any of that make sense? Blaming it on the moon. Then we have a bunch of freaks in there, right? Yeah. You get there and they're like, all right, plot just again. (laughs) Ascend is code for fuck your wife. Oh, God. You do have a carrot on your uh, uh, forearm, your wrist. Yeah. To get the reference, check out the previous episode of Soberish, right? Thank you, Ramin, for the advertisement. All right. What do you guys, you guys want to geek out on Terrence? Yeah. What's funny is yeah, that, uh, I, I mean, I think it's out of the closet, right? That you uh, are in Fallout Boy. And <laughs> uh, like in the previous episode, which I was listening to earlier, um, yeah, you brought up being in Fallout Boy, not liking people fanning out over your band. And like, you know, someone finds out you're a drummer in the band and then they're your best friend for the rest of the night. And then when Jess was saying you were coming over tonight, I was like, don't worry. The only thing we're going to be fanning out about is a man named Terrence. And who was <laughs> Terrence? Terrence was an elf who liked to talk about the mushroom and DMT and the eschaton, meaning the final thing. The end of history, when all boundaries dissolve, like what Jessa talks about, the boundary between men and women, or male and female, living and dead, and past, present, and future, which is why we're here as gods at the end of time, which is actually 2020. And now I'll stop the Terrence because (laughs) people have tuned out at this point because they don't know who Terrence is sometimes. 
but now we do. He's in the room. God, is that crazy? That's so I'm good. I'm like so hypnotized by his Terrence. I God. can't find it, but the only Terrence McKenna thing I ever heard was this trance song that somebody was like, "I ha- do you know who Terrence McKenna is? And I was like, no. And so when I was going through the awakening, and they were like, I will play you this song, but this song has a profound effect on people. It sometimes puts people like to sleep. Which now I know is a download nap. If you give somebody, you ever like tell somebody something higher dimensional who can't handle it and then they're like, mm, they fall asleep on you? Has yeah. that happened? Like they literally, they, they can't absorb it. So yeah. they just fall asleep. Um, so he played this song and it's where I got the language wiring under the board is because it's something that Terrence went on about psychedelics letting you see the wiring under the board and mm. then now you have a new perspective which is just like crazy at this point people are only doing psychedelics to party that I know of that anyone that in I'm your world yeah. To, yeah in my world is this pre 9-11 this is a little bit yeah okay. so I woke up in January of 2000 and then yeah not, I was going to tell you when 9-11 was 9-11 was <laughs> <laughs> 2001 <laughs> so uh so terrence would talk about 2012 a lot and like how the time wave zero would hit like this point spiking up and he would base it around the I Ching and the Tao or the Tao date whatever you call it the he would take a lot of points in history and then build out this map saying that history ends or changes significantly in december of 2012 and i was talking with my friend cameron about it on another episode of a different podcast where uh he has a theory that what terrence meant by 2012 was actually the year that uh the smartphone usage spikes up from early adopters to everybody just having it i don't know if i'm phrasing that right basically uh yeah, it became like from a nerd thing to an every... Now we just live in the world of the smartphone. It's we like just have it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's right. the, fir- the first step where we all have the one mind, essentially. Whereas before we had to go online, now we sometimes go offline. Yeah. We're spending every single second like in the hive mind. I love the ideas that he had that were the more subtle... Like 2012 was a correct like prediction that there was going to be massive change, but it didn't look like this apocalyptic thing. There was this subtle thing that like happened. All these shifts that are now clear that they were happening. I love that. That's like the yeah the phone kind of integrated in. Yeah, and we're gonna uh, not even need the phone at some point, as Jessa has experienced with Lola and who else was there when you guys didn't even need phones and you were laughing at the fact that you needed a phone to it telepathically. Was, it was Adriana, and it was exhausting. I remember <laughs> when she pulled out the phone. Which anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of technology, and I love smartphones, and I love. All these things that we can do. Like, I'll just be, it, I have a thing in my apartment complex where I got this Herba Mate that is, uh, it's an app on my phone, but it's like a little store and I can just cl- open the store with the app on my phone and take whatever I want and then it charges my phone. Yeah, I, see I love it. that we can order food and like while we're waiting for a fucking car to come pick us up, I love it. I love all of it. I love the convenience of it so much. And when she pulled that phone out when I was hanging out in 8D, I was like, Ugh, ugh, get that <laughs> phone out of here. Fucking gross. Oh my God. I was like so exasperated by the idea that we had to use phones to communicate with each other and then like wait for the person to respond. And that's when I realized I'm not impatient. Earth sucks. Yep. Like I'm not, because I'm always like everything takes so fucking long and my perception of time is 
has everyone I've ever known calls it Jessa time. And they all come up with that, like separate lives, separate avatars that I've had have always been insanely impatient. And it's because time, I don't know, I experience it different. Where I've like something, two months to me feels like years yeah. and years. And so this idea that I can't just think, hey, Ramin, do you want to do a podcast tonight? And then know what your answer is after tapping into it. Because Lola and I were like on the same fucking page to where the three of us would be talking about stuff. And Lola and I would say the same thing at the same time. Like we were getting all of the same information because the information was in the air. Yeah. Is the only way that I know how to describe that. Like that subtle feeling of subtext when I talk about like 4D knowing someone's lying to you because there's subtext. It was like the air was thick with the subtext. Yeah. And like you just knew. Yeah, bands always talk about that. Like, not even, uh, not even just the Grateful Dead, but like I think even ZZ Top will like speak in terms of that. It's like, yeah, we just kind of get that connection of knowing what the next thing to happen happens once you get into that soup. And you know how people refer to the the 3D and lower as dense. Like here is so yeah yeah dense. It's it's because it's like the the time it takes to manifest stuff as well like think of this episode we have to sit down yeah. we have to talk about it we have to mix it normalize save export the episode upload it to the dropbox push it to Dude, like you arcane. get that feeling of like when you're when you're pushing yes. a file it's like slowly pushing this giant brick to to move and you just want to be able to just express it like just in a like it sounds so um What's the word? See, I wanted to say like flamboyant, fruity, like all these all these words. Like it's all F words that you can't say anymore. I'm like, but just what's that? <laughs> what's that word for just mm, you just want to uh, let it out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I can just say like it's it's a fr I mean, fruity in a good way. Like you just want to you just want to let it out. Fart. But you got to you want to fart it out. Yeah. But then it's got that bad smell connotation. <laughs> you want like fruit smells pleasant. What's the uh, though? So if that's the case, so technology now it feels archaic. Like the cell phone to you in that trip felt archaic. So it's gonna go. Is it, is technology gonna eventually get so advanced to the point? I mean, obviously it's our consciousness we're trying to like tap into. But will technology go with that behind it? Um, I I have considered that what I have gotten in downloads that are like a new body is actually just a robot that we download our consciousness to. And that the telepathy, back before I started experiencing a lot of telepathy, I thought like the telepathy could just be microchips they put in our brain or whatever. But now that I've experienced the telepathy, I don't think we're far away from it. I think the thing keeping us from experiencing this intense just knowing of what's happened I, we are experiencing it already charlie was saying today that it's like he was like at a party and it's like everyone you talk to it's like the person's talking and it's like oh you're afraid nobody wants you so you're taking up a very small amount of space so that nobody notices so nobody asks you to leave and you have the same fear but you're taking up a ton of space because you're trying to make yourself relevant like we're all seeing all of that energy exchange and i really think that that's the precursor to all of it and then we're going to have the inverse of complications which is how do we respect the boundaries of each other when we are completely tapped into each other? And how do we not broadcast every fucking passing thought that we have? Ooh, that's going to be a period though. 
that's going to take some a, a balancing yeah. act that we're going to be in the middle of for a good six months to a year where it'll be oh sorry i stepped inside of your everythingness and like absorbed all your everything like it, we're already doing it with regular technology where you not that it disturbs people because they don't know but like just scrolling down your feed like how many people who we haven't seen in 10 years as whole families do we know what recital they're up yep. to and yeah, shit like crazy. why do i know about this person i met once as kids recital yeah i yeah it's weird how social media is kind of just the allegory of that and i thought it would be a lot of that because i do think texting really taught us the beginning of telepathy like communicating through memes and emojis like taught us ways to communicate concepts memes are almost better at communicating whole ideas than than a sentence you yeah. know where there's like so much more misunderstanding but i'm already picking up on it's like inconvenient to be psychic right now it's like <laughs> it sucks you know it sucks to hear what everyone thinks about you it feels like radio stations and if i point my perception at someone i know exactly what they're thinking about me and you know there's some people that like i don't want to know that you know is i don't your, need to hear that is your sense of that heightening or is it the same as it was before i think it's heightening because there's something about um your own self-perception like clogs that right so like an area where i have historically needed to lean on friends who were intuitive was like love and relationships when i was in like a relationship where i was struggling i would have to lean on you know luckily i i roll with a gang of psychics um because i'm i'm attached i'm attached to the outcome i have a dog in the fight there's a thing that i want so it gets foggy but like in most other areas of life i've i've learned like healthy detachment and now as I heal these things and really like tune into my, um, when I'm projecting, I know that I'm projecting so I can like stay awake enough to be like, okay, I'm projecting right now. So I know when I point my perception at something and I'm not projecting that I'm hearing that clearly, mm. but yeah, doing seven hours of readings a day really just kind of like sharpens that. Oh yeah, particular tool, and it kind of sucks. It sucks sometimes. It's like I'm gonna turn this. Uh, Looking at your calendar off. alone gave me a little bit of anxiety. Just seeing all those little things with names next to them, and each one representing an actual like emotional weight that you have to take on. Which it's also yeah, it's... like work. It's not all like boohoo, but still, it's it's exhausting to have to. The it was. Ex I'm not was... trying to make you say that so that you'll get less readings or anything. I no, should no, actually no. not uh, say that. No, I, I, for, I'm, I'm honestly surprised as much as I'm like, oh, exhausted with readings. It's, um, it's actually a lot of fun now. The collective just goes through, and I'm so grateful to just only do readings for people who listen to Soberish. Like every once in a while, one slips through the cracks. Like somebody saw Meth P and was like, <laughs> uh, you know. I don't know. I went to your website to find your tour date. You have none, but you do readings. Oh, so I don't know what so is this. Oh, they're so behind. My yeah. friend, you have like 36 hours of, of <laughs> talking to catch up to you, and then you end up on the other half of the planet. Um, or galaxy, rather. Or in the beginning, Karen, I think, was trying to help me out and would send me regular people. And I was like, I love you, and it's very nice, but please, I can't. I cannot do readings for civilians. Yeah, only 4D it. and up. Yeah, like maybe I, three and a half D, but no regular three Ds. Like you should have a, you must be this high to yeah. get a reading, and then is it's... my boyfriend fucking anybody else? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, let me off. Um, but now it's just all this six D stuff. So it's like it's basically, what do you want? Ooh. You know, 
what do you like am i on the right path what do you want i don't you know it's helping people like unpack that and that's my shit i in in like july through september it was vampires in your life like dealing with narcissistic abuse like like um dealing with like past in july was a ton of like a recent loss triggering a past past loss like childhood trauma and those were so heavy that in between those readings i would get like physically ill mm. i was also like brand new to doing like readings and then as things progressed and then into like the end of 2019 was a ton of shrinking jacket stuff so it was like these are th these are things that are trying to leave your life let them leave and then as we came into um, 2020, it's just been like getting people like synced up with what makes their heart sing. And so I'm actually like it, like, this is my zone. I yeah. love it so much. This is like, let me do these and like, let me refer. Um, I love the other stuff and the other stuff ultimately leads to this, but, um, it's fun to watch the collective, like kind of be in the exact same place you know so many people building these cool new businesses that are basically like cultivating this how we can be children and still responsible adults all right how do we get to there does it matter know. i'm gonna uh i'm gonna talk a little bit about a download yeah the all part right. we've been waiting Fresh for people download. skip to minute 24 if you've listened to our furry talk wow that was 24 minutes mm -hmm. um all right timelines collapsing timelines so in the last game, so karma is unconscious lessons. The premise of karma is like you as an avatar are basically a sim and you have to learn so many lessons in order to graduate, wake up, whatever. And you have a higher self, which I'm starting to think is just the galactic being that created your sim. And that's why that one is playing RPG and you are playing first person shooter. That wasn't like you in the definition, like that was your higher self is kind of this galactic being, right? So it's, now as we're getting into this galactic being stuff, it's not that crazy. It's just that higher self. So um, you were two separate things until you finished karma. And as we were starting to integrate and starting to wake up and starting to strengthen that connection between the higher self and the avatar, you got a little bit of like an understanding that, oh, these are lessons I'm learning. And you figured out a hack to where if I get to the lesson, I don't have to have this life experience anymore. So we stop projecting as much. So you're like in this toxic relationship and you're instead of being like this person, blah, 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 you learn like, oh, it's not outside of me. It's a lesson. What is the lesson I'm supposed to learn? Oh, it's my childhood trauma. Boom. You, you get the lesson, you get out of the game. So what, when I was talking about in, at the end of 2019, where karma is ending, there is an opportunity to finish karma here. It's not like we're done learning lessons. It's like we're done. That unconscious aspect is done. We're done having the lessons picked for us. And then we get the lesson at the end. We're moving into this new thing where you pick the lesson up front. And if you um, are a Patreon subscriber, I talk about the apple in one of the episodes. And I can't remember. Have I talked about the apple on a regular episode? I don't think so. Okay. I hate to backtrack on this, but real quick. Um, Mid-December, mid-January, I'm processing this twin flame thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, we don't talk anymore. And so then I'm like, no more stimuli. And I have time to kind of work through it. And at one point, I asked the aliens, am I going to fucking think about this forever? 
And they were like, no, not if you eat the app, like not if you take the lesson. And at the time I was working through this idea that we attract partners who mirror back our childhood trauma. Like they mirror back our definition of love created in our childhood. So if you had a parent who didn't meet your needs or was overly critical or whatever, um, you seek that out as love. And then you just feel constantly triggered and dissatisfied in it because this person can't, you know, that you sought it out because it is your childhood trauma. And so I was like, what's the lesson that he never loved me and that I just was like stuck in this cycle because it is the love that I understood in childhood. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, that lesson's fake because he did love me. And they were like, all the lessons are fake. <laughs> but you've picked one where he comes back in a couple years for fucking what? That's a couple year long timeline you've got yourself stuck on and you're wondering why you're thinking about it. Take a different fucking apple and be done tomorrow. And um, that all lessons are fake fucking punched me in the gut. And Ooh. then I was like, oh shit, we picked these lessons. And then I remembered when I woke up 20 years ago, they told me that realize does not mean figure out. It means to make real. And that realize is a, is a creation to realize something is creating it. Not like, Oh, I uncovered this, but oh, we always do this great. with reality. Yeah. We ask reality, what are you? And we put it together. And I love being that like investigator and whatever, but this is a different game. So these apples are up front, not at the end. The apple, they said, just eat the apple and fucking be done. The apple was from, and I may have talked about this on a podcast before, but I was obsessed with the Bible when I first woke up because I thought I was a Christian and I asked them about the creation story and they were like, Adam and Eve were like Eden was consciousness and Adam and Eve knew exactly what the fuck they were. They understood that they were a part of God and everything else, but then they wanted to get this game started, this game that we're currently playing, which is the fear-based dichotomy based reality. So the tree of knowledge of life and death is not the facts of life and death, not the truth of life and death, but just the knowledge where you want to know life and death. You want to experience them as two separate things, which they are not. And the apple was essentially putting the game into the console. It was putting the VR mask on. So every time we pick a lesson, hell yeah, a life lesson, we are eating the apple. Oh my God, there's a red octopus on the back of that. I was oh, I tried to pull it over to the perfect page that this guy has that apple but then I realized this is an audio podcast and only you guys would get it but uh, the fucking I apple really want it's not even in this one because of course he has an apple tattooed on the side of him as well uh, really all my tattoos are weird signs in my life yeah so it carrot we've got apple with ears what yeah mm -hmm. I've seen apple ears tattoos before yeah. everybody's got one Normal. it's like it's like totally barbed wire or a, like tramp stamp you know apple ears every drummer has a apple ears <laughs> tattoo on their side ab side uh, stomach whatever so I'm in the bathtub in the dark and I now I see a vision in the bathtub of all these timelines floating in space and they all have spinning apples on them because when Adam and Eve ate that apple, they immediately were in shame. And the way that that's presented by Christians is like, cause they realized they did something wrong, but it wasn't that it's like you eat the apple, you go the fuck to sleep. That's in a fairy tale as well, right? You go to sleep and you're in that reality. And in that reality, shame exists. 
and that was it they didn't make a mistake they that was the beginning of the game so now we are in that we begin the game with the lesson so when you say like i want to experience this you immediately go into it and we have been doing that there was a point in my life where i was like i want to own a house and like the next day this series of quote unquote terrible things happen the timeline collapsed that i was currently on which is what i'm trying to get to um Cause it was like the set was changing, conspiring to be the new set for my new reality. So, um, anyway, I eat the fucking apple, I guess. I don't know. I go and do a podcast on Patreon about it. And then, um, within a day I'm in that paradigm shift, you know, when you realize quote unquote, figure something out. Um, and then your brain is doing this thing where it's like, makes you go through every single memory through this new perception. You're like, Oh fuck. He never did love me. Oh fuck. Like cause my brain is like, now we are in this reality. That memory stacking thing is real. Whereas I swear it didn't used to have like being able to play it that that much at once, like see that much of your past like yeah. happen yeah. before. It's like you could remember three things at once. But um, if you've ever che- being cheated on was the my favorite example of a paradigm shift before where you get a piece of information like, oh, you've been getting cheated on for six months. And all of a sudden your brain's like, here's every memory. We're going to go through it from this new perspective. And then you have to see all that. But it's it's a mechanism of the reality because now all my memories are from the perception that this person never loved me. And they're right. I was like done. I was like free. Uh, because that ends the timeline. I don't have to sit on this fucking timeline anymore. Nope. So, and then, you know, life unfolded amazingly from there. And, um, now there has been a lot of messages for me about the apple and that we have to be careful what apples we're eating. We have to make sure we're not eating anyone else's perception of us. We can't like... I am playing a character in your movie. I don't get to decide what character that is. Like that's for you to decide. It's great though. And yeah, for you it's good. Yeah. And I tend to just like surround myself with people who, uh, you know, don't want to mirror their shit onto me. Um, but if they do want to do that, I have to stay awake the entire time Mm. and be like, you know, I have to do things that are within my moral compass. Okay. And be okay with my decisions and apologize when I'm not okay with my decisions or I've, or I do think that I've, you know, violated the boundaries of a friend or whatever. But like if people are mirroring back their shit on me, which has become a thing with the podcast, I have to be able to like love them enough to give them the space to do that, but to not adopt that as my own perception of myself, which is the energy that a lot of people are in right now. Like you're just the villain in some people's movie and that's just, it sucks. We all hate it, but it's just like, okay. Even Um, saying that you had to like kind of force it out. Like I have to love them enough to be able to not let them project that on me. Yeah. I mean, they can, do their thing. Like, you know, I, I agree to it. I do believe that we agreed to play the roles that we played in people's lives. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't love, I don't feel like I hate criticism because I feel pretty open-minded to like, okay, I can just do this differently. You know, I don't feel like defensive like that, but if, if someone feels like I did something wrong or I have bad intentions or whatever, like I have to go like really examine that. And then I just, I don't like people not liking me. And you've talked about if it was the, if it's a reflection of how you actually feel about yourself, yeah. then it, then it triggers you. But if it's, if it's not that, then it bounces right off pretty much. Yeah. I think that, I think that that's, uh, 
that that's what it is. It sucks to be misunderstood altogether, but I think it's something that we have to get very comfortable with because we uh, are going to be playing very separate movies. I think that's part of what the Mandela effect is, is that they used to keep us corralled um, and they just being whatever the game kept us corralled on one main timeline because we had, we all believed that truth was outside of us and we didn't have a ton of things to pick from. And we were all watching the same eight fucking channels on television. And so we were pretty programmed on the same thing. And then the stuff started to wobble and now we're coexisting somehow playing all these different games. And it's important that you're just like, you know what your apple is. You're not letting your past trauma say you want to eat this one again. And you're not letting other people tell you who you are. Right. Okay. So that's all that to set this up. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we know certain things about how reality works based on the old model. So reality is like a hologram. Sorry, I said some of this on the Patreon episode. That's okay. So That's a more reason to join the Patreon, a Patreon, everybody. If you're not, I'm not even on there yet. I'm going to get on there. But if you're not on there, just do it. It's not even coming from Jessa. This is me, your old friend yeah, Ramin telling you. You're going to get me canceled. <laughs> no, this is your um, old friend Ramin telling you to get on it. <laughs> it's not Jessa. Listen to me. You don't think I know what's best for you, piece of shit? Get on the Patreon. Okay, carry on. I feel like this might be something that I have to say a few times anyway because I'm still unpacking it. So I'm, I'm, I might not communicate it well. But so in the shrinking jacket thing, which was people were starting to feel like I don't like this old timeline. I don't like this old job. I don't like this. Like these things don't fit me anymore. And they were like afraid to quit the job. And in a few different readings, I kept getting like, don't quit the job. Use the tower. So towers in tarot are when things fall apart, a timeline collapses so a new one can be built or because a new one is already coming online. Mm -hmm. And these timelines are interesting because they come up against each other and then it's almost how many eggs you put in that basket decides which one you want. And a lot of people would create tower moments in their life with their grass is greener bullshit, right? So like men... Uh, you know, uh, complain about their girlfriend all the time, and next thing you know, their girlfriend leaves, and then, but it's just their own fucking misery. But like, you collapse that timeline with your bullshit, right? You complained constantly about this thing, and now you don't have it anymore because you took your eggs out of that basket. Mm -hmm. Fantasizing about things you think you want, and then you get it, and then you're like, "How did this happen?" And my example of, um. It's a huge part of manifestation too, where like you, you do the cups. Like I did the cups to get those four big things last April. And then the next day, everything fell apart. That was on the first cup. It was like my income gone, my relationship gone, like all these things gone. Well, it's like, bitch, you put them on the cups, you know? So, and I knew that. So I just stood in it in the chaos, but it's really easy when the old timeline starts to collapse to be like, oh no, I don't want to lose this thing. But what if we know that? And rather than quitting your job and then trying to hold your shit together um, while starting your own business and because and, there's that temptation to be like, did you make a huge mistake? Do you want to eat the apple of somebody who fucked everything up? What if we just start to put eggs in the new timeline basket? Just start spending all of your spare time working on that business idea because energetically you're now stacking the scales so that new timeline will catch and take over. You will then get fired or laid off from that job because that's how it works. And then rather than being like, oh, fuck, I lost something, you take that loss as confirmation that you have successfully built this other timeline. Yes. 
this is my thought. Like, what if we take the way that we know the game works and start to reverse engineer it to where we're using these things to our advantage? And it's so pragmatic, too, from just a not even woo-woo standpoint. Like, yeah, as you start working on the other thing more, it's going to start building just by we are our repetitive habits. That's from right. the, I mean, we always bring up the the two different manifestation schools of the the feel it until you you have it, like get into resonance with it. And then the, the school, which doesn't believe any of that shit and get up at four in the morning and grind and do the thing. So it's like a, a mix of both of those. Yeah, and it protects you from a lot of stuff because the biggest thing in manifesting reality is holding your shit together in the face of it. Like remembering like, okay, because reality is like a moving set and it does what you tell it to do, but then we've been trained and conditioned to ask the set what is happening, you know? And we really, as we're deprogramming that, and then also we're, we're trained and conditioned to be so influenced by the people around us. And if you quit your job to start some hippy dippy business that you think your galactic higher self wants you to do, then you are subject to just the fear of having lost that security and the familiarity and the, the regular, like, am I insane stuff that we go through on a regular basis. You also have everyone around you telling you that you're nuts which is like, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to like fight against. But if you collapse a timeline and let that timeline quit you, you're kind of free from all of that because nobody's going to bitch at you about it because you're like, well, what do I do? I just got fired. You know, I got laid off. Um, it's that whole like it's better to have been the <laughs> the person broken up with than the breakupper because the breakupper holds that like, oh, did I do the wrong thing by doing that? But if you're let go, then hey, yeah, I was let go. They let me go. Yeah. They allowed me to leave. Yeah. You do risk getting caught up in the uh, the thing that I think I was just caught up in, which is like I objectively knew I didn't want this. I wasn't happy in this. But then I had to deal with the, but what does it say about me that this person left? You know what I mean? Hmm. Where when you leave, you get to kind of be like, uh, I don't know, you get to entertain that fantasy that you're... Not fantasy, but you're not, you don't have to deal with the self-worth stuff that comes from getting left. That's true. Yeah. The self-worth it is a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you know it's right, the self-worth thing of it is huge. Yeah. Because I do think like the end of a relationship is a tower moment that two people have to participate in. I am skeptical that anyone truly gets left. The tower always depicts two people falling from it, right? Yeah. And then the upside down tower is like, you know, getting lifted up, rising to... Uh, I'm still learning all this stuff. And by learning, I mean, occasionally I talk to people that kind of know about tarot and then I learn that yeah. way. But I also shouldn't speak on tarot because I interpret it my own way. For me, the tower, when I get it in reverse, means that your fear of the tower is so much worse than the tower itself. It's but true. I don't, that's my interpretation of it. I feel like I've gotten over a lot of the the tiny uh, impossible tasks, like the paying the bill, the writing that person back, the... The, the little things that your life could fall apart if you just did it, like when your electrical bill wasn't paid for, which yours wasn't even a money thing. Yours was just, it wasn't a red envelope. So you're yeah. like, fuck it, who gives a shit? But like I had the, the trouble of not even paying it knowing that like bad stuff would happen, but I couldn't bring myself to look at the bank account to do the next thing, to do the next thing. But now I'm able to somehow just disconnect my worry from this avatar and like avatar please go take care of stupid 3d bullshit yeah yes sir and then the avatar just goes and does the 3d bullshit like not even with motivation it doesn't motivate it it just does it i'm like i'll go be motivated 
somewhere else and the avatar will text that person back pay that bill go to the gym etc dude you gotta get me that trick i can't do that <laughs> i'm like so checked out of 3d i just reminded me of a, the thing that i did recently that i regret not being th in in like reality was i got a well, it must have been three years two three years ago i was just canoeing in a river in nashville and didn't have my life vest like nobody else on the river and near the end there's this little channel that you go through and you have to get kind of close to this land. And there was a cop or like a, a park canoe ranger. Cop? Oh. A canoe No, he was on a kayak, like a real quick kayak. Uh, no, he was on land, like right up there though. And as you came through, he checked if you had a life vest. I didn't have one, so he gave me a ticket. And uh, I just slept it off. I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to put this away. And like... I'm notoriously just not good at doing that. If I get a ticket or something, the follow-up thing is just not, I can't do it. It's so easy because you just take care of it, then it's over. <laughs> so this bit me in the ass like two years later, just recently when I was on uh, just traveling, I wasn't like touring on the road and got pulled over for speeding. And the cop comes up, takes my license, goes back, and then he takes like kind of long, too long, so I'm getting like a little nervous. I had some weed in the car. And so, I mean, uh, flowers in the car. No, and, it's legal now. Yeah. And the oh, weed, right. is, We're in this, weed uh, is called flowers. I live in the South though. So I'm super kind I'm like, that's, oh, that's probably south. just my. You're uh, in what, Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. I won't say your address. <laughs> it's 123 Tennessee Street. <laughs> one, two, Go show three. up. Um, but he comes back and he's like, um, I'm going to ask you a question, sir. He's like, uh, do you recall getting a uh, life vest ticket in the last year or so? And I was like, Ugh. it just sunk in my heart. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, actually, I was like, I, I just remembered that the other day. Uh, um, yeah, I forgot to pay it. I'm really sorry about that. And he was like, there's a warrant for your arrest right now. Like, I'm supposed to take you to jail. And I was like, for a life vest? Like, really? And then he laughed, too, and he was like, I've seen a lot of crazy things, man, but, like, I didn't know they'd give you a warrant for this kind of thing, you know. So he was like, don't worry about it. Get in the car. Uh, go home, but take care of this. So I went and took care of it that Monday, and I had to sit in jail for, like, four hours. What? And just wait because they really like, had to process the thing. When did they take you to jail, and did they cuff you as though you were, like, a violent Dude, they cuffed my feet and my hands to like a, a bar it's so and i sat funny. in this corner like this little circle with inmates all around me like in cells i wasn't in the cell but what if you had got like it probably wouldn't happen but let's say you got like your ass beat in jail and died because you didn't wear a life vest <laughs> so, so they're trying to protect good, your dude. life and it's like no you're not taking good care of your life what if you drowned you got to go to this jail cell for four hours there were a couple moments there was like this big dude that came in in chains and they cuffed him right next to me on the pole so like he was just i mean he could have done whatever uh and i like for a second i i hesitated but then i you know i kind of just sat back and like this is a great experience probably nothing's gonna happen like let's just take it in uh so i actually enjoyed myself but it, it was a surprising like turn of events from freaking not having a life vest in my canoe so what was the resistance to not uh, paying the ticket? Like at the time, were you low on liquid cash or was that not even a thing? You just don't like going to their shitty website and entering in your I think address. It's, yeah, it's kind of that, but it's not even, uh, it's just really passive. I think because I lived in LA for 10 years and I got away for some reason with doing that sometimes. Like I'd get a ticket that was ridiculous or it felt like it was always something I just didn't morally agree with. So I'd be like, I'm not even going to play that game. 
and just turn it off. And sometimes it would work. Like it wouldn't come back. Mm. Um, like I dodged jury duty forever like that. I've never, I've gotten subpoenaed to jury duty so many times. I've never gone and it's never done anything. They served you. They like caught you off guard and like asked for your name. And then is that subpoena? Um, Sup- isn't it sort of you- called subpoena? And they just randomly call summons. you like summons. or getting served. What's getting served? Like they send you like you're supposed to be at jury duty yeah. on this day. I've never in multiple states, Oregon, Delaware, California already. And I've never done it. And yeah. Why never should you? done anything? I used to like yeah, get a letter yeah. from my boss or whatever. And now I don't. Are we at an hour and 47 no, minutes? No, we're at 47 okay. minutes. That always trips people out because it starts at one. It's okay. like the Roman way or whatever, the one that doesn't have zero. Like, yeah, Romans don't have zero, not? right? That's true. Yeah. Romans start at one. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Egyptians that. invented zero or the Arabs. I don't know. Some cunts invented zero. <laughs> and before they were like started at one. And then they're like, what about zero? Like, what's that? Nothing. Why do we even have to record it? You'll see. And then... And then the queefs did it, but I like I like the Apple download, and um, now I like I've taken over again. I like I, I had this I instinct. Do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I do keep forgetting over the show. it's my podcast. I'm yeah, like, all right, what else you got, Ramin? Yeah, let's see. Okay, so <laughs> we've talked about how Terrence McKenna would say that troop telepathy isn't I think a thought, and then you receive the thought and interpret it. True telepathy is. You see what I mean and see it's a visual component to it and check out memes. Memes are how we communicate now. <gasps> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that earlier. That's he's he he was like the first one to call that, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he definitely it. pioneered the term. He didn't say like I'll call it a meme. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was like, it. yeah, the meme. He would define it as the the smallest unit of an idea. And you'd think that an idea is like the smallest thing, but a meme is like the purest, just essence, the the base vibration of what an idea is. And when you look at memes now, it's like. I don't know, a Homer Simpson gif or something or the cat at the table like uh, screaming at the the people pointing at it. It's like it's it's a thing from a TV show or an image where you instantly get what they're talking about better yeah, than so a paragraph good, of it. And we're we're already there. We're, we've been there for a while, like communicating like that. It's not just the kids doing it like. Emo- remember when emojis were like, oh, these kids and their emojis. Now it's well. It's I can't language. send an email language. without a fucking emoji because yeah. I need to make sure that you know the energy that I'm trying to communicate <laughs> with it because words are cumbersome and so easily misinterpreted. Communication in general, verbally, not great. No, especially without any inflection when it's just text. If you send yeah. an email yeah. without an exclamation point, you're you're just being a total bitch, which there's a whole episode of corporate about it where Matt sends an email where he forgets to put two exclamation points. And then like the higher ups are just like losing their shits. Like, can you believe what Matt wrote? He wrote, I forget the sentence exactly, but it's a whole episode centered around his exclusion of an exclamation mark and how it made him the ultimate hard ass in the office. And then he learns to not, I'm just trying to, recount the whole episode now i do that i do that with seinfeld i'm like remember the episode of seinfeld with raymond and he's a pool guy and he couldn't be his friend because he had too many friends i did that the other night i was like can i spoil this show for you and then like started on episode one i want to tell you the last scene of the finale and then what show stop me leftovers maybe oh okay no it 
Yeah. Or no, it was a movie, and I was like, "Can I ruin this movie for you?" Yeah, and then, uh, and then after like ten minutes, he was like, "Okay, so what? <laughs> what is the end?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm telling you the whole show." All right, so then they ch- they do like a jump cut, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I kind of wanted to see it still. Yeah, you just tell me the finish him. <laughs> finish him. I liked on the previous. Was the last episode with uh, with Mark, or was there another one after it that's not out yet? I think that was the last episode. Okay, so this will be the next one. So it's a God, double. That feels three months ago. That does feel. Like it does. Forever, Did I you, forget to put an episode out? Maybe you and Lacey over here. That was eight years ago, but it was two months yeah. ago. It was. Uh, I'm so curious about that episode because that was pre-masculine death. So it was all mm-hmm. like my speculation. Yeah. Was I accurate? Oh, you don't listen to your episodes again, do you? Um, that one. No, I didn't. I checked the levels. Nice. There is one episode I have to completely risk listen to again because the audio drifted, but that's not that interesting. But I liked on the previous soberish episode where you're talking about being on tour and you know the the height of the the fame and success and stuff, and you're spending all your time in a hotel room listening to Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was real, man. I like dove in to Terrence so hard. It was like awkward. I, I uh, you know, it's so funny the way I like unfolded through these intellectual dudes it was like Eckhart Tolle 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 yeah Tolle. it's the yeah I think he's the good intro one for a lot of people yeah and then Alan Watts and then the jump from Alan Watts to Terrence McKenna was like the most exciting thing because I feel I had heard some of Terrence because his voice is so obvious I recognized it slightly and I had kind of heard some of the things he talked about but you don't understand it until you're like are at the right place like mm-hmm. all of his language is you know it's hard to interpret but from Alan Watts to that, it was just so great. And it was that was like a huge jump in my process. And so I, I even I still I go back and just I have little favorited videos that I listen to Terrence. Yeah. Because it just brings you back as an artist, it brings you in it's for me, it's like this inspirational like nugget of energy just for for creativity you know it's so fucking good and he there's no one like on that level still to this day i feel like not that everyone else sucks compared to him but he just has it like his brother is great but his brother doesn't have it and it's interesting when you hear his whole story like terrence will describe being rather small and a target for bullies and i would have to hold them at bay with story yeah and like that's the only thing <laughs> he could do story. yeah he was so riveting that like people were like we're gonna kick your fucking ass terrence and he's like well have i told you about <laughs> and then they just can't help but just tune into what he's talking about it's like the eschaton why would i want to kill him <laughs> so good god he's so obviously an alien when you do his voice it's like oh my god this was obviously yeah. a fucking alien he's a machine elf or something of that nature but yeah uh he had he had it it's like perfect enunciation too right i don't think i think he's said like every word perfect i feel like somebody said that that there was uh the actual like proper pronunciation in the language and it's almost like if there's a word you don't understand he doesn't um he doesn't make you feel dumb you're like what was that word i have to look it up it's like and what do i mean by eschaton well i mean the final thing (laughs) me and the same friend i was mentioning earlier cameron we do uh he introduced this thing called mick rolling which is like rick rolling but instead of playing uh (laughs) never gonna give you up you just tell a long story and then you say which is where these psychedelics come in (laughs) and then you go into a mckenna mckenna rap (laughs) mick rolling that's great 
I didn't realize that he talked about all of this other stuff. I thought he was just a guy that was into mushrooms. Oh, no. There's there's plenty He's of talks expensive. where he doesn't even mention mushrooms at all. But it is a big part of uh, what he would talk about. He would talk about boundary disillusion, change, long scale time, um, going to birth to death without the psychedelic experience is like going from birth to death without the sexual experience, <laughs> meaning you just didn't see what it was all about, becoming one with everything, not just your mother and the neighborhood and Zeta Reticuli, but the whole thing. And what is the whole thing? It's the felt presence of immediate experience. <laughs> it's being here now. And what is now? And then on. Dude, you chill him oh, hardcore. The right, felt presence of immediate experience. I got it out for the next time it happens. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature responds to that commitment by overcoming immovable obstacles dream the impossible dream and it will not grind you under it will lift you up this is the trick this is what magic is all about it's about hurling yourself into the abyss and realizing it's a feather bed oh shit <laughs> <laughs> dude you nailed that top to bottom i'm pretty sure dude that's incredible. yeah terrence alan watts tom campbell who else we who else we got on this Tom wall? Tom Campbell is how I found you. Is that people kept messaging me about Tom Campbell, and so I googled him, and then you came or I looked for him on Instagram or something, and then you came up, and then the artwork. I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I went to look at the artwork, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this guy! We have we have mutual friends, and he lives in L.A., and that's how I ended up down the uh, the rabbit hole." Oh, maybe cool. someone sent me. Tom, Tom was on your podcast? Yeah. Maybe someone sent me that episode. That Whatever was, it was, I was like, Tom Campbell, who gives a fuck? And I never looked into him. I just was like, I have to be friends. Yeah, it doesn't me. sound like someone you'd care about. Like, Alan Watts, you're like, ooh, that sounds like someone I should care about. But Tom Campbell sounds pretty innocuous. Like, who cares? Tom Campbell. And then you find out what he's about. And I remember his first lecture I saw, not his first lecture, but the first one I saw, like in 2013 or something. Like, I listened to a four-hour explanation about why reality is a simulation just with a, cr a crummy camera and him just explaining it with like slides that are out of focus on youtube and i was just hanging on to every i don't think i've heard of it i i was thinking thomas campbell oh joseph campbell or joseph campbell joseph I mean, campbell another one is, what's with yeah, these campbells these campbells are great campbells. which i asked tom campbell if he knew joseph campbell and he said oh sure old uncle joe and i said really he goes no <laughs> i don't know who that is but it doesn't matter who it is because Every person that you've ever met is just a data set. It's oh, all God. a simulation. <laughs> See, there are no people. There are only data sets. You are a data set. You are consciousness, an individuated unit of consciousness. You get to make choices, and you evolve your consciousness by expanding your decision space. If your consciousness is devolved, you have very little decision space. As you evolve your consciousness, your decision space increases. And as we all evolve our consciousness as one, the decision space increases for all of consciousness. And that's what the larger consciousness system is here to do. Um, do you have a Jessa impression? <laughs> oh, let's see. 
it's tough when they're in front of me. Let's see if I can. No, I don't have one. Not yet. I will come back, though. Okay. I will come back with one. But right now, nothing... Like when I ask you to do the glossolalia, nothing came up. I was just going to say, nothing like, I came up. every time I re-realize that we're on my podcast right now, I re-realize, like, oh, I'm not going to have to do the glossolalia. <laughs> the word I can't even say. Or the 10 seconds of silence. But I'm not one of those I people that this. are like, you know, do an impression of me, and then they're like, no, I don't want to do my impression of you in front of you. I'll totally do an impression of you in front of you. It's just, do I, I don't have one right now. It's not there, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's... I don't know. There's something to it. No one does a good Joe Rogan either. I don't think a soul does it. And I'm wondering if it's because uh, he's a 10-dimensional alien or if it's because he has such a specific, like, like to have that sound, you have to have all that muscle covering your throat <laughs> and you, you have, have to, like... Yolk. Yeah, I can't just tap into it. What like, about I, uh, Bill Cosby? He feel, I feel like he's a tough one. I've never heard a good. <laughs> I know it's kind of off topic, but <laughs> anybody want to attempt? Or a good Arnold or a good Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no good Jack Nicholson's. No. Very obscure. Yeah, there should be someone should try a Christopher Walken. <laughs> if there's only a good Walken. Hey, I'm Christopher Walken. Oh, I can't do it. Hi, I'm Christopher Walken. Suck my dick, you piece of shit. Chris Chrissy Walken. I mean so we've we've wandered off here, even though it's it's your own show. I mean, I always I always put so much pressure on myself for soberish. I want soberish to be good. Someone else's podcast, fuck it. Do Yeah. Do, I cut do, a lot out. I'm cutting do, out that whole turning myself in to because um, of the lawyer? No, just because it was boring. Oh. Well but we I'm get to keep leave going, this right? Part in. Yeah, I'm gonna leave this part in so that people think that there was a fascinating story about me turning myself in. But yeah, let's talk about other energies right now. Um how was your here's another theory that I have. I'm working on right now is that as we are manifesting things in the path of the game, you get like three months of creating your reality. And then Mercury retrograde is, we know it's like everything goes into review, right? But it's like you build, you build your house and then Mercury retrograde comes by and kind of pushes it. And, and what is left standing is your actual foundation and everything else goes right so trim the fat yeah not fat shaming just shaming yeah trim the totally acceptable fat but if you've made gigantic changes in those three months since the last mercury retrograde you're gonna have a rough mercury retrograde because there's so much because i feel like all these like cool things happened and i was in that manic energy of the the glitter you know And then Mercury retrograde hit and it was like, have you considered uh, looking at all these experiences through your shadow? You know, have you considered freaking the fuck out? And Mm. it was, it was hard. It was hard to keep my shit together. Everything was so foggy. And I know we've got like Neptune influences right now and it was Pisces. Pisces is already foggy as fuck. Um, But what does the Neptune influence do? So Neptune is, I think the planet that rules Pisces. I just became a Pisces recently so um, you always were one but you uh, now just uh, embraced it yeah yeah I, well, you know what's weird is because there is a lot of aquarius influence in my chart and i am really on that cusp um i think that my protective mechanisms are aquarius like they are so it is interesting right around the time that i acknowledged that i was a pisces i also kind of like ditched that false self mm. and like 
so it really is like becoming a Pisces, but also having never acknowledged that sign, I don't know what the birthstone is. I'm like learning the, what, you know, I know everything about Aquarius cause that's what I've been identifying as. Yeah. It's a cool one to pick. It is the coolest. <laughs> Pisces yeah. is not cool, but it can be made cool. Kind of like with, I'm you know, in, it cool. in, in Harry Potter, like you don't want to be Slytherin or Hufflepuff, but there's characters in it that make it cool. Yeah. Or, you know, Kurt Cobain's of Pisces, John Frusciante. Uh, I've, I've named some other ones. I'm forgetting. There's lots of cool Pisceses. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm bringing Pisces back. Yeah. I'm going to make it cool. Um, but a lot of it is kind of leaning into the feeling stuff and that was embarrassing to me. Like I was ashamed of that. I made fun of other people for having feelings. Yeah. Stuff, toxic, so. toxic, masculine, to yeah. toxic masculinity. There we go. I can't even say it. Dying. I have so little of it. <laughs> I haven't even called, I haven't even called a bitch a bitch before. I mean, I haven't even called a woman a bitch before. <laughs> I've only called them sweet angels, but I would never even call them sweet angels because there's no such thing as gender. And so how could you call someone a bitch if there's no such thing as bitches? Right? I'm just going to leave you. Huh? I'm going to huh? speak of fish out of water. Um, how is your Mercury retrograde this one? I feel like it's been great. I feel like not good. Uh, nothing bad happened. Uh, my... I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast. I think I just told you in the car when we all went to Starbucks that one night yeah. where my... Uh, car payments weren't going through and I didn't even know they weren't going through and then I got a call from a telemarketer because you know how our phones now say spam risk or telemarketer on right. the unknown number and I never answer it but for some reason in that moment I felt this urge to like I want to say no to somebody today I want to like have a conversation <laughs> with a human where I can tell them no so I'm like I'll tell the the telemarketer no today and I pick it up and then uh turns out that sure you haven't made your car payments we're going to come repossess your car and I'm like what I haven't made the car and then it's like yeah you're behind like four months or three months or some something like that so it was almost uh it's like 700 bucks behind on making payments mm -hmm. and so I had that which was money I was going to use to um, print out more books for this other thing but I was like whatever I'll just use it to pay the car and then the money will come back and sure enough the money just came back through like one person essentially I won't out who the person is but like just in the um, even though it's not outing them it's like almost thanking them but fuck thanking people but someone bought like a thousand dollars worth of stuff in my store in like one uh, one holy shit one day just for I guess to put up on their wall or something like they bought so Dude, many things so like more than I had lost for that one thing had come back but it didn't trigger the thing it would have before which was like scarcity like no this is cleaning me out now it was it's like whatever it'll come back this is the avatars problem now that I've started <laughs> to do Tom I can be Tom all day which is all I want I want to not think like me and think like somebody else because then you don't have to be yourself and there is no self you can just be consciousness. You don't have to go out of your body. Your consciousness is already out of your body. You just have to get in to your consciousness. Oh, my God. Can you do Noah Lampert? Okay, so. Immediately. <laughs> just, just try it, man. So, like, Neville, Neville Goddard will say that you have to imagine what it is you want. I'm saying you don't even have to imagine what you want. You can just, it's just there. 
and you're gonna say, oh, it doesn't work like that. Whatever, you can think like that too. That's fine. But Fuck. just try it, man. Just try it. Just exist and everything will happen the way you want it to. Just try it. I'm telling you, man. Hey, Noah. Noah hey, listens Noah. to every sober, so <laughs> I hope I'm doing the impression justice. Sell me some uh, ketamine. Also, like, if you buy a little bit of Bitcoin, you're pro- <laughs> you probably won't regret it. Just buy a little bit every day. You're not going to regret it. Yeah, Noah, Noah makes fun of himself for, like, he'll say, like, yeah, he'll obsess over Bitcoin, uh, Neville Goddard, Imaginal Techniques, and, man, there's one more thing, but I feel like Imaginal Techniques is the over-encompassing of well, he's everything. Neville Goddard. He's completely Neville Goddard. I don't even yeah. know who Neville Goddard is. I never it's heard Noah. Heard Noah that is person, Neville Goddard. Who, yep. Every time he says Neville Goddard, to where I transpose their names all the time and say, like, I don't know, Noah Goddard, Neville, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so I don't know who that person is, when they were alive, what they talk like, but that is who Noah it's was him. in his last yeah. life. He won't, he, he'll, or maybe he will, he does admit it somewhat. He'll say, like, yeah, but then he'll go off on uh, yeah. another thing explaining it. it's like we yeah. all are man I'm telling you it's crazy shit <laughs> we're, we're all him except he's not he's not even him when you figure out how crazy this shit is <laughs> he oh you are more Neville Goddard than he is so okay check <laughs> and he'll explain it and then by the end you're like shit he's right that's the thing with with Noah like so much of the stuff he talks about it's it's real and when you're when you're there with him or when you're listening to him as a guest or on synchronicity you're like fuck yeah this is magic and then you're away from it for like two weeks and then your old self kind of takes over you're like ah, oh, no it's full of shit there is no imaginal techniques and so your old self can kind of creep back in which is just more I guess proof of like you cannot hinge or at least I can't and many people cannot hinge on one thing which is why like we have to move from terrence to alan watts to tom campbell yeah. to noah neville goddard to Jessa. Of you, yeah yeah you can't just be like oh i found this person that gave me some nuggets that are feel good and i'll just tune back into them and then i'll feel it again and then one day it just kind of stops stops doing the thing and then you find someone else that says it differently and then you latch on to them and keep doing that but it's not it's i'm not saying it in a bad way it's more like we're not done accumulating perspectives at which to look at reality and, and until and we do, whole, I feel like the the thing you were kind of were bringing up earlier is saying our energy is like this head and it's like in the mind always and the seeking thing. I feel like every time I got to a new like to Alan Watts and then I got the message like, all right, this is it. We made it. And then like I'd keep going. And then, no, it's always this like ladder. But then when I started doing the psychedelics, I had I realized that that was the whole thing is like I wasn't like integrating it in some way which is more the feminine aspect. It's like that balanced, like open, vulnerable thing, you know? Yeah. And then men were like, you ain't sticking anything up of me. (laughs) I already, I'm a full man. I don't need your advice to tell me what I'm good at. Yeah. That seeking's it's never ending. I feel like, cause it's outside of you. Right. So it's like that it's, it's you get the answer, you get pieces of the answer, but then you have to go inside and integrate all of that, that knowledge, you know? If I read something that hasn't already, like I haven't already kind of discovered and unpacked in my own meandering shit. It doesn't make any, I can't understand it. It's like gorble, gorble, gorble. Yeah. I think I might be severely dyslexic. Um, I've noticed from trying to read on um, like readings, I'll read some stuff out of the book and I have to read it like 10 times. And I didn't really like, I know I can read, 
but I have to really be into the thing that I'm reading. And if I'm honest, when I'm reading, like downloading, it's like my face is taking pictures of the pages. Mm. I'm looking for keywords and I'm tearing through it, but I'm like downloading it somehow. But the other day, somebody posted something like a dyslexia font and where it was like weighted, the, the letters were like weighted at the bottom. I don't know why I'm saying weighted like that. Wait, they're weighted <laughs> at the bottom. At the bottom. They are weighted at oh. the bottom of the page. I'm uh, now speaking. So you mean like, serifs? Or you mean like there's more uh, ink like at the bottom? More ink at the bottom. Oh. And they were saying that this would get rid Training of like, wheels. Interesting. Dyslexia. And I always thought dyslexia was straight up reading words backwards or whatever. But when I write, it's like it's really hard for me to write because I'm writing so fast that I end up putting the back letters before the first letters. And then I have to try to squeeze the first letters. Writing in. by hand is dog shit nowadays God. for Jeez. like for oh especially for downloads. Like, but what sucks about typing is um is that it loses that um. I don't know when you it's an old Chuck Palahniuk thing where if you if you type up something, it looks done in Times New Roman font and it's less like manglable. Whereas if you write it down on a page, it's like, oh, this isn't final. I can change this phrasing of it. Whereas before we're less likely to. That reminds me of something I heard maybe Terrence say about language. Let's being, credit to Terrence anyway. <laughs> let's credit everything to him. We're all Terrence, right? Uh, the it's something with handwriting like the. Oh, no, it was. Um, uh, Courtney Love. <laughs> no, damn. Um, uh, Marshall McLuhan. Oh, uh, talking about print, where it was like the death of everything was that when you when it was a hand when it was a handwritten letter you were reading, you took more time because you had to decipher subtle differences in the lines. You know, as everybody has a different handwriting, so you actually took more information in and you processed it a little slower instead of with with typing with everything's uniform. You start to skim through real quick. Ooh! Oh shit! So Chuck Palahniuk like was saying that with with speech too, where like was naming some newscasters that had pauses in their speech where some of the words were missing, and because at then you pay more oh, attention wow. to what That's, they're saying. Yeah, you like tune oh, in shit. more. That's super cool. I wonder if that's what Eckhart's doing. He's he's playing trick, having the yeah. They ask him a question, he sits there for ten minutes, Dude, like crazy. just laughing his ass off inside of his yeah. his head, <laughs> making those... everybody feel awkward and tune in super hard. Yeah, I think there's something definitely to inflection and voice and frequency and stuff that we're gonna find out a lot more about. But um, Lola and I kept losing our voice at the same time and for a really long time. And I lost my voice three times in the last two and a half years. And my voice is completely different. If you hear me, like probably meth pee's different. But since I started podcasting, I've lost my voice while on tour or why, while having a bunch of podcasts to do and then talked through it. And so it's very raspy now. It cuts out in certain spots. It's very deep compared to what it was before. And, um, sometimes people will send me a message and they're like, I have a message for you. I have to see you in person and I'll do it, you know, if it feels right. And so I go to the same cupcake place and meet people. Have you ever been wrong where you're like, uh, this, oh, every time is right. Cool. And it's like by anyone else's standards, if anyone else looked at this, you know, email, they would be like, this is insane that you're doing this. But now I just like, I can tell, I can just tell when people are from the same I have a vague with with Noah um, because Noah and I woke up at the same time. Yeah, we woke up in the early 2000s. I like vaguely remember like riding 
like the energy between us is like we've worked together for a long time. Uh, he has kind of like an, I don't know what it is. I always want to roast him. He has like an <laughs> irritating little brother. He's like my family. You know what I mean? And but like we, I feel a long history between us, and like I feel like I remember riding in into in a spaceship to the same like point in time together and just like he was trying to sell me some multi-level marketing ketamine or something and i was like um no no listen you know i can't do an impression of him but um lola was another person oh that's the other thing when i was talking about uh uh bitcoin or imaginelle ketamine was the other yeah, the, other thing. the other thing yeah yep. i can't believe i missed it anyway um, um lola was another one that when i heard her talking i was like oh that person is on like, like wherever I'm from, it was with her. And then, um, Lacey's another one that when I did her reading, I was like, well, we are family, you know? Um, what was it? Oh, so Lola and I would lose our voice at the same time. Anyway, so this person emailed us kind of the same thing to where I was like, I don't think we were talking on Twitter or something. I still talked to her a little bit. And anyway, so we get together. I think it was her that was like, uh, Oh, no, it wasn't her. She said something else about us losing our voice. God, fuck, who was it? Um, anyway, somebody was like uh, certain teachers or certain like mouthpieces for the whatever the fuck is happening are keep losing their voices, keep having their vocal cords damaged because it's supposed to be at a very low register that they communicate this because it's to speak to certain ears and it will just fly by Ooh, the other so ears cool. and i think about like t like how distinct certain people like eckhart tolle and um terence mckenna's inflection i think a lot about people's inflection and their voice and stuff and like the the certain way that they talk and actually when you talked about leaving ums in on the podcast unless i go on a hard like uh loop I'd leave them in now because I'm like, oh, what if that's part of it? Yeah, I'm making more ums out there. <laughs> I'm muddying up the signal. I actually have, uh, in times when I've had to listen to my own, the only time I listen to my own podcast is if it falls out of sync with the audio or um, if there's a section someone told me to take out, like, oh, can you take out that part where you said chink in the 30 minutes into it? Like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, easy. <laughs> and I have to go back and listen to it. And I'll say, I'll say, um, a lot in, in it. And I'll be like, geez, that's more, um, than I even remembered having done generously. Yeah. And that's like hearing the word like too. It comes up so much. Or I mean, not, I, I think I do it actually too much. Do you guys say that? Like, I say like, like about everything, like, like, like. but what am I going to do? Speak perfectly or have it's as Expression. though or somewhat similar to or just say it's like. It was like blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I like like. Whatever. We all live in a, a shopping mall in the 1980s. <laughs> it's fine. We're all valley girls now. Uh, I think when I get into things that I'm worried about talking about or vulnerable topics i tend to i go hard on the us because i'm you know having a hard time letting it out i think and i think that's why they were so heavy on mormon and the meth head was just a uh, fest between the two of us and so i'm glad i took them out of there because i think those episodes would have all been two hours long without <laughs> me taking them out but i have learned to leave a lot in also just like i would take out every mouth noise i will take out like repetitive mouth noises or like people breathe into microphones so i tell them at the beginning i'm like keep your face by the microphone and so they do and then they're like 
while I'm talking. I'm like, all right, I'll split this and take that out. Some people don't have the performer thing, and the people with the performer thing, whether they're an active performer or not, are like they're they're tuned in to what they are doing to the microphone, and right. then other people are. Like Shane will talk about it with academics, how they'll just completely drift because Shane Moss will have a lot of like professors and stuff on his stand up science and head talks show and they'll just not have any idea how to to speak into the microphone to save their goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, that's the advantage of like kind of having a group of performers and comedians having these conversations as they understand how the microphone works. But yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, if I'm sitting here and I turn my head, uh, I don't understand that the microphone doesn't come with me. You yeah. just give them the Madonna microphones. You know, you put them on your put head. Put them on their face. Oh, yeah. the Tony Robbins yeah. head. Yeah, one. You go You go, Madonna, I go Tony Robbins. Interesting. <laughs> I do miss uh, the studio. Um, studio ruled. I'm so grateful to have been part of that piece of history. Cause before looking, Brian abandoned me. Yeah, he left your ass. He, he got did. a job and a girlfriend and now he doesn't need pornography anymore <laughs> or 20 bucks or whatever he was getting paid uh, not much not much 15 dollars in gifts cards that are spent mostly he got is- he got clout and that clout got him his fancy new job where's so. he work now some fancy lady podcast studio Ooh, lady electric ladyland podcast yeah I something i don't know how he used soberish to get that because i <laughs> Because then he was like, well, I'll just get you at that studio. And I was like, I don't. Soberish is where it's at, though. This is this is a fire podcast. I'm not Thank saying this so one, much. like maybe this one is good. I don't remember. But like, it's just, it's the only, only podcast I listen to of people that I know for the most part. What I like about it is that what I've kind of settled into is I like the idea of like me and my friends that are kind of just like a rotation of like eight people getting together and talking the conversations that we have because that's what a lot of people are looking for is they're going through this process they don't resonate with that heavy new age shit and they're surrounded by people who are asleep and they just want to have these conversations i like this so much more than like an interview format because i'm the worst interviewer um so how long have you played drums for please no I also like that it's just Fallout Boy. Forever. So when did you start stand-up comedy? Yeah. So where do you come Ugh. up with your downloads from? Where do you download your downloads? No, the best part of this podcast is the the downloads where right after you hear it, you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And like you had some on the previous episode. Jessa has them regularly because Jessa is the, the through line of the podcast because you're the host and the podcast is is you but it's not like oh i'm in a plan to have that little section but when it happens it's like oh shit this is one of the greatest episodes of all time and then you hear another one like oh shit this is one of the greatest <laughs> episodes of all time like it's where crazy did that come what, from what can happen with two people like there's new ideas that come into the room that are new to both people i feel like when you get uh two people that resonate in the same space like that's. I mean, I hadn't. I have very many friends in Nashville that I resonated with, and finally, I found one, and it was like an addiction because there was just. It was like you could both find these new ideas together or something. You know, mm-hmm. it is kind of like an automatic in the room. Yeah, your podcast is. I feel like that's always happening when I listen to it. The two people are like. Are you saying there's like not a lot of people you can talk about uh, ascension, McKenna, psychedelics, this type of yeah, stuff? Yeah, and, and this is currently or like before. Like Both. even to this day, there's well, not no, a lot this, of people there. Yeah, not in Nashville. I mean, I've got like two buddies there that are that resonate. But uh, 
Yeah, in general there for the last two years, it's just been a little... I like my friends there. It's just, you know, when it gets in, it started to get into that place where you just can't communicate a lot of things that you're going through. And that, yeah, when you found, when I found a friend that did, and then you grow together real quick, you just mm. like speed it up, you know? So, so nice. Yeah. I'm hearing that of, uh, I guess we're, it's not like I know what's going on in Los Angeles. Like I don't, I don't talk to a ton of people that aren't in my friend group or someone I want on a podcast or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I guess it is less other places. I'll hear that from someone in like Portland or something like, yeah, there's not a lot of people I can talk to about this. You're like, really? About Terrence McKenna? Everybody's yeah, not on board think, with this? Yeah. The memes, the groups, the yeah. everything? It's like, no, they haven't heard of them. And then when I try to tell them about it, it doesn't resonate. And then, then you see it from their perspective where it's like this dead man with a big gray beard that would speak in this high like inflection and the audio quality is dog shit. You're like, what? You don't like this guy talking <laughs> yeah. for five hours? I want to go see Hangover or whatever. Yeah, that's why I feel like it's hidden. It's yeah. hidden in plain sight, but it's hidden like it. Um, I did, I'm not going to do the misquote of this. Um, do it. Make it the best episode yet. I get a lot of messages via visions in my head. Like I just will see pictures of things and I'll be like, what the fuck is this? And a big one is that um, Dark City keeps coming up where I think whatever it is we're about to do, like after we've all like woken up and everyone stepped into their power is I think we changed the set collectively for like the humans, the just like regular boring NPC humans, you know? Um, and so, but it's, it's a scene from that movie that just keeps popping up in my head randomly. Like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have been like, that's just a random thing. Now I know that that vision is popping up because it's a message. And I get that with song lyrics also. And there is a Vertical Horizon song called uh, You Are God, I think. So cheesy. And also, I think that this isn't the actual lyric. But the way I always heard it was you wouldn't get it unless you were fitted. And when people talk about stuff like, you know, when you try to play Terrence McKenna for someone and they're just fixated on the audio quality or his voice or whatever, it's like you wouldn't get it unless you were fitted. Like, unless you are uh initiated you don't hear it mm-hmm. and it's hidden in plain sight because that's the thing that pe- that's what was the thing when i was waking up that i was like if this is real how does everyone not know and i didn't understand that you can't evangelize it because it's inside of people and if they haven't they haven't been triggered into that process you talking they're gonna be like want 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 and i got so good at communicating like metaphors for these things that um, for a long time I would tell people stuff and they would get on the same page. I think they would get like excited with me or whatever. And then they would like the next day be like, I was trying to tell somebody the thing that you said and I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't remember it. And then I lost it completely. And I I remember being excited, but I couldn't get it. And it's like, Oh, cause you're not. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. If they don't have the hardware at that moment, that happened with me even to Ramdas. I remember uh, I saw Ramdas VHSs before I was ready for it, and it was just an old bearded man talking about the present moment and dying and aging. And you're like, die now and now. <laughs> and then years later, you're like, oh like, shit, you be here now. And you like watch every clip, and then then eventually you get to one clip that's oddly familiar and then the angle at which he's shot is familiar like oh shit that's that bearded guy from before which God, i thought had no yeah. meaning and now he's set, has Blowing nothing my but mind. yeah 
Eckhart Tolle <coughs> tells a story about somebody cussing him out in YouTube comments for being a charlatan or whatever uh, snake oil salesman and that that person came to one of his <laughs> things like a year later and was like, hey, I said all this shit to you on YouTube and like then it happened to me. And I've already done readings for people who were like, I was one of the people that left you a one-star review and like thought you were crazy. And then it happened to me. And then I was like, fuck, what was that podcast? (laughs) Um, And who leaves one-star reviews of anything? Those cunts. Maybe they didn't leave. Maybe they were referencing the one-star review, the uh, interesting psycho babble. Just me not being able to take criticism. But there was something I was going to say right before that about not being able to hear. Oh, I was listening to a fucking public enemy song the other day which song was that they sent you um i don't remember the name of it um fuck uh there's a public enemy song that at the end is like we are divine it was this crazy just like in your face message i've heard that song so many times too it never heard that message let me see if I can. It doesn't sound like a public enemy line. We are divine. <laughs> Maybe referring to themselves, but like when you're saying it as we as in all of us, then it I think they like said that. that in 2020 or 2000, in 2000, like the shift was going to happen. I'm going to fuck it up. Hold on. 2000. We're 20 years past the most futuristic date you can think of. <laughs> Conan O'Brien used to do a bit that was. In, in the, the year, year 2000. 2000. Yeah, now that. it's 20 years later. Jeez. Conan's wow, got a big old nuts. beard or something. Or maybe he doesn't anymore. But Conan is down with the ascension for for some parts of it. Uh, really? Maybe not exactly that. But I remember him and Stephen Colbert were talking about magical thinking and manifesting stuff and building up mana through suffering. And the more you suffer, you're building up this power and to really? be able to channel. Where were they talking about on that? his podcast on, on the his Conan podcast, O'Brien? That's right. Yeah, long form, which it's way different than the show. It's not like goofy, self-deprecating. I mean, of course, it's self-deprecating because it's Conan, but they get deeper because it's. Does it feel like Conan's more like him, like somebody that wasn't like in that character on the show? Like he's more himself or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think he's he's very um, not he's sad on the show, too. But, you know, you you don't have to you don't have to tap dance when you're on the podcast. You can just be who you are. That's what I'm curious. I was curious about him because he always seemed like he was in this like character he wanted to get out of. Yeah. That's cool. Hold on one, please. All right. Okay, but like I watch Flavor of Love and like I don't think he's awake. So is that channeling? In that should... moment, yeah. Like maybe he he isn't it most of the time, but he was during that uh session. That's He Got Game is the song by Public Enemy and there is the whole song is just 
this is, I think about this all the time. Like people who create art that's so completely on the nose about awakening. Um, radioactive by, did we talk about this on? Yeah. yeah we were or I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but radioactive. I, radioactive by Imagine Dragons who are like fucking Mormons or something. Definitely not awake is welcome to the new age. It's just like, it just breaks down the awakening before it like started the ascension before it started. I seriously think, I, I think that, has to pertain something with like the flow like when the artists get into this flow aspect you kind of have to resonate at a certain like frequency or something that maybe allows that like i don't know if it's like depending on the how high the frequency is it's like an important message comes through that person because oh they're resonating right now this artist is there they have some platform here's a good message you know and the person doesn't realize it because like we were talking about words can have different meanings so they think they're saying something about their lives but it's actually this you know deeper subtext that's mm. going through yeah because that's kind of what art is right is we're like it's elusive subtweeting it's like, each other and yeah yeah it all comes from the all comes from the up but then you're you're thinking it's you as yeah as you you're just, in it. You, all you did was like filtered you got it into the room and then you put your filter individually on it but it's not it's some it's not your idea no you know? Yeah, I occasionally have to click this thing because the screensaver falls asleep. I'm, but not, I do I'm think, not muting you. I wonder if there are people, though, that can. I mean, I think there are, like, you consciously are doing it, you know. You but, mean being, getting in the flow? Well, no, I mean say, putting some divine message into your art, like, in some subtext way. But I do think that it's something that you don't. It's like you're consciously aware of it, but you have to let go. So you don't get in the way of it, but you know you have like a sacred space you get into the room and like let the thing come in you know that process but it's always unknown what it's gonna be yeah and that's kind of the beautiful thing about it so like you can't ever it feels like the best people that did the crazy art that's like so timeless they didn't think about it they didn't like put the pieces in together and like here's the thing it just was like happened yeah they got out of the way they were the best at getting their their bullshit thing out of the way so so that because you still need the avatar you can't just be nothingness because then there's no physical thing to transmit the message into 3d but you can't be living in the 3d thing because then you don't have the message so it's this perfect balance of the 3d thing which is the instrument and getting out of the way of the the funkin monkey brain 3d thing so it just Jimi hendrix is it out of you i use hendrix as the flow thing all the time i gotta stop it's too this is an abrupt ending to this just to tell you to go to the next episode which should be also in your app part two next